You gotta break out that hypnosis. Hmm? This system of this this wicked system, this Babylonian mystery criminal syndicate system, uh, has people in a slum. Have to get out. Only get out be free in your mind. Shalom, shalom. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast, where the diaspora speaks. The whole point of this podcast is to get uplifting, encouraging, thought-provoking content out to the African Semitic diaspora. Listen, I am your host, Yermiyahu, as always. Um, and I thank you guys for joining me right here on Jacob Seed Podcast, um, as you do each and every week guys have been awesome listen if this is your first time listening to this podcast um, first of all i want you to uh, share this with 10 other people that you know second of all i want you to sub- sub- subscribe to this podcast you can find jacob c wherever you find your favorite podcast listen uh jacob c podcast is not is unapologetically african we love our african heritage we love our african hebrew heritage we believe on this podcast that the uh, that the children that were stolen from the west coast of Africa um, and brought to the, the the Americas, the North Americas, South Americas, the Caribbeans, are in fact the lineage and the progeny of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes, the very ones that we talk about in the scriptures, the holy. Bible as some call them So if you can trace your lineage Back unfortunately to slavery uh, If you can trace your lineage back to the west Coast of Africa more than likely Might be an Israelite We check up on that And then becoming an Israelite is not just about identity Beloved But it's about a responsibility To follow and to obey The God that brought us up out of the Land of Egypt with the strong And mighty hands carried us Up on eagles wings into the promised land and as long as we follow his laws his statutes his commandments it will be well with us listen let's get right into this episode uh this is an interesting episode that i've kind of wanted to do for a long time because i see uh, a lot of different trends going on um in our communities right um Unfortunately, the uh, African Jew community, uh, the African Jewish community. Oh, oh, I know people. Oh, Jewish, Jewish. Yeah, uh, you weren't born in this way. Mm-hmm. You didn't grow up in this way. Most of us that's listening to this podcast, and uh, you just found this way within the last few years. All right. And if you've been rocking it with it for 20, maybe even 30 years, uh, there was some point where you were in the church. And also, we are disconnected, so disconnected from our heritage and our culture. So you're not quite, you're not as much as a Jew as Jacob and Isaac were, right? Especially not Jacob and his sons, right? The 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, We are very much disconnected from the culture uh, because we are raised, born and raised, and most of the people listen to this in a Western world with a Western mindset and Western ideas and Western uh, 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 worldview. Uh, we're not born in an Eastern mindset. We're not born with a um, 
with a Israelite or Hebraic mindset and a worldview about spirituality, about life, about relationships, about parents, about children, or what have you. Um, you ve- you are very much American as 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 much as you want to uh, dismiss it. You are very much American. You are from Detroit. You are from Chicago. You are from Memphis. You are from Atlanta. You are from L.A. Right. You're from the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, the Mountain Range, the Southeast, Texas. That's where you're from. Okay. Uh, you're not from Israel. All right. That's where ancestors are from. We landed on this foreign land because of disobedience from our ancestors. So we were scattered throughout all the different nations. And those are the nations that you were born and raised in. And that is how you think. You'd be amazed how different we think uh, from our ancestors once you start actually studying things that we are told in this way not to study. Like the Talmud and the Mishnah and the Zohar, different things of that nature. Uh, I study those things because I want to see how my ancestors thought. I want to see how they interacted with one another. I want to see how they uh, came together in their differences. I want to see how they broke down different scriptures uh, that were kind of difficult, right? I just don't want to go making stuff up. So this is kind of a good segue uh, into this uh, episode. Uh, Signs, I don't don't even know what the uh, title is called, but are you in a cult? How do you know? If you are in a cult, unfortunately, this way that we call the way or the truth or whatever it is, um, is not uh, absolved of cult leaders. Right. So every cult leader finds their way into some type of religion. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't have the gift of discernment to know when they're being led into or they're a part of. A cult. So we're going to give you some telltale signs. Some telltale signs that you're in a cult. And I want to say if you're listening to this and these signs cause a trigger in you, uh, you can't uh, you can't listen to the full podcast or you recognize some of these signs. Odds are you're probably in a cult and you need to find a new spot or you just need to be by yourself for a while. Let the most high talk to you because you could be just. Uh, uh, vulnerable, a vulnerable person, um, and that's okay. Um, a person that needs to be led, and that's also okay. Uh, but you're also a cult, uh, a person that is subject uh, continually to finding cults for some reason, or cults are good at finding you. Uh, but anyway, let's get right into the episode. I, I thought it was interesting. I found this article on The Guardian. It says, watch out for telltale signs uh, that you're in a cult. And interesting enough, is written by a man named Rick Ross. Well, obviously, it's not the Rick Ross, the rapper, but Rick Ross, the journalist from The Guardian. Um, uh, he says, what makes a cult? Some say the word cult or sect is a per, uh, per Uh, is a label used to discriminate against new religious movements. Now, listen, we know in uh, Acts chapter 24, verse 14, uh, that Paul says that the the larger Jewish community considered the way. So if you believed in Yahshua as your Messiah and you also followed the laws, the statutes, commandments of the most high given to the prophet Moses on Mount Sinai, you were considered to be a part of a sect or a cult. Uh, but we, as we see, as the movement goes further, uh, it can be f- no less further than the, that. That could be no less further than the truth. Right. So we know that the way is not a cult in and of itself, but just like any other uh, religious movement. So uh, whether we're talking about people in the way, whether we're talking about Christianity, whether we're talking about Islam, whether we're talking about Buddhism, whatever it may be, uh, those particular religions in and of themselves are not cults. 
but people perpetrate or people pervert the religion and become cult leaders, right? So Christianity is not necessarily a cult, but you have people like Jim Jones or Suresh who who pervert the religion and make it into something um, uh, that it wasn't intended to be, all right? And we have the same thing within this Messianic um, Hebraic movement as well, unfortunately. Um, and as your brother, I want to help you identify some of these characteristics of a cult so that if you find yourself in one, you can quickly recognize it and leave. Or if you are currently in one, um, you can definitely, definitely get up out of there and find somewhere that is healthy and find rest for your soul. So let's get straight into it because I don't want to be before you long. So uh, we're just going to go right into the characteristics of a cult. So number one, the number one telltale sign that you may be in a cult. You have a charismatic leader who increasingly becomes the object of worship as the general principles that may have originally sustained the group lose power. This is a living leader who has no meaningful accountability and becomes the single most defining element of the group and its source of power and authority. Meaning you have a leader that you're a part of a group or you're a part of an assembly or you're a part of a camp or whatever it may be. And your leader is the single most authority in that it's not uh, it's not something that is a, a group led. You have one leader and whatever he says or whatever she says, that's it. And how do you know that? Because now you start saying stuff like, well, Bishop so-and-so said, or Captain so-and-so said, Moray so-and-so said, and you're no longer saying what the Bible says. We see that a lot in the Christian church, right? My pastor said, my bishop, my apostle said, well, what does the Bible say? And the problem is people are led more by their leaders and believe what their leaders say. Even when you point out that their leader is wrong based on scripture, they'll find a way to... The, the followers will find a way to uh, circumvent or pervert the scripture so that their leader looks right. Their leader makes them believe that their agenda and their group is the only group that God is talking to. In a lot of cases, the leader will say that they are the Holy Spirit or they are God or God only talks to this group. That's a red flag. All right. Number two. Telltale sign that you may be in a cult. A process or corrosive persuasion or thought reform, commonly known as brainwashing. The, the, the culmination of this process can be seen by members of the group often doing things that are not in their own best interest, but consistently in the interest of the group and its leaders. So uh, this is so a cult. It's also an abusive relationship. So if you see someone, if you are in or you see someone in a group and they increasingly do things that are harmful to themselves or set them back financially, set them back relationally, they're being isolated from the rest of their family, from their friends. Um, they're told if they're not a part of this group uh, that there's something is wrong with them. They're told that they need to shun away their mothers and their fathers and their sisters, their siblings, the friendships that they had for so long ago because they will deter them from this way. Then that is a cult, ladies and gentlemen, you've been brainwashed to believe that the, your best interest is tied to the best interest of this group. Now, can that be true? Sometimes, absolutely. But you are also an individual. 
who should be able to have the uh, should be able to exercise free thought and celebrate and walk in your own interests and your own path that God has laid out for your life. So your path may not be the same path as that group, and that should be okay. But when you're in a cult, everything is about the group. Everything is about the assembly. Everything is about the camp. Everything is about the church or whatever your group may call its organization. And it does not uh, celebrate the individuals or give way for individual thought or celebration. But everything is about the group, i.e., really what that charismatic leader defines the group as. And if you don't fit into that, they'll find a way to either drag you further in or push you further out. Let's keep going. One instance is, hey, uh, I maybe have a sick uh, sibling, a sick parent that I should be taking care of. But I need to be, instead of taking care of my sick parent, I need to be at a certain place at a certain time and I can't miss it or I'm going to be ostracized or I'm going to be reprimanded. So I'd rather hurry up and get to this service in order to take care of my sick parent. When the scripture says that if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel. So what comes first? Service attendance or taking care of your family? I would submit to you taking care of your family comes first because that is your first ministry above all. All right. Whether or not they're in the way, that doesn't say, hey, honor your mother and your father or take care of your family only if they believe what you believe. See, that's the great thing about the scriptures. That's the great thing about the Bible. It gives balance. I think a lot of times we miss that balance when we get when we get sucked into dogma and our and we just get sucked into this this religious these religious bubbles and we cannot see correctly what the rest of the world is doing right we can't we can't think coherently because we got sucked into this little religious bubble and that's the only thing that we can see that's the only thing that we can hear so everything that we do is centered centered around this new group that we found and that is unhealthy especially when you're neglecting your family I don't care if your wife don't believe what you believe I don't care if your kid don't believe what you believe I don't care if your mommy or daddy don't believe what you believe you've made a covenant with these people you are commanded to, uh, uh, to love and to honor your, your, your parents. You are commanded to love your wife. You are commanded to respect your husband. Regardless, it doesn't put any stipulations to it. Matter of fact, Paul says that the unbelieving wife should continue to, be, to could, should, excuse me, should continue to love her husband. And maybe the love she has for her husband will bring him into the way. The same for the unbelieving husband. Or the same for the, for the husband that has an unbelieving wife. You should continue to love your wife. And maybe the love for her will bring her into the way. Don't find ways to see how wicked they are. Don't find ways to end the marriage. Because that's what a lot of these groups tell you. And that's another telltale sign of a cult. If your spouse believes something different than you, they push you to try to separate yourself from your spouse. And they'll say that your spouse is wicked. But no, they're just ignorant. And they don't understand because the way you're presenting the way probably is not in the way of love. 
You're probably forcing them, trying to force them into a religion instead of explaining to them what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how it's important to you. Paul also says, though, if your spouse leaves, let him go. But he doesn't say kick him out. They have to go on, your, on their own voluntary volition. Meaning that the more you follow the laws, statutes, commandments of the Most High, one or two things are going to happen. They're going to move further and further away from you, or they're going to start becoming more and more inquisitive and asking what are you doing and why you're doing it. The same with your parents. You have a covenant with them. You cannot divorce yourself from them just because they don't believe what you believe religiously. That's ridiculous. And I've seen it so many times, it's, it's, it's sad. But anyway, number three, economic, sexual, and other exploitation of group members by the leader and by the ruling parties. Uh, this destructiveness of groups called cults varies by degree from uh, labor, violations, child abuse, medical neglect, and some extreme and isolated situations calls for violence or mass suicide. And we've seen that um, over and over and over again. So if your leaders are sexually abusive, right? I want your wife. Only the leaders can have multiple wives, um, they send you out to start locations and then you come back and all of a sudden they need to marry your wife. Oh, it's happened, ladies and gentlemen. You may think this stuff is funny and out, uh, outlandish. It's happened. Unfortunately, I get stories like this. Uh, because of this podcast, I get stories like this all the time. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, or your, um, you know, your leader tells you, hey, you know, we don't give tithes and offering because we don't have a temple, but we're going to give alms. And that alms is not spread equally throughout the organization. But you always see the, your captain or your bishop living in nice neighborhoods, in the best neighborhoods of New York, in the best neighborhoods of L.A., in the best neighborhoods of Atlanta, but you're still struggling to catch a bus. You're still living paycheck to paycheck. They flying on planes and stuff. You know, making fun of Creflo Dollar for getting on a jet, but they always overseas somewhere saying that they're spreading the word that, you know, the, waking up the children of Israel. Why they need your money to do it? The money you give, as in the scriptures, number one, how do we know they're Levite? You don't. Number two, uh, it should be going toward the furnishing of your assembly, keeping your lights on, keeping the water on. Here's a telltale sign that you may be in code. It's not always true, but hey, does your leader work? Do they have a job outside of standing in front of a podium or sitting in front of a desk and talking into a mic? That could be a telltale sign that money is being misappropriated, which may lead to that organization becoming a cult. Pay attention, beloved. Open up our eyes. We need to see beyond this the excitement of coming into the way. We need to do our research and just don't join the first group you see on YouTube or because they're yelling out and you liked what they said when they was on standing on the corner, street corner. No, study them. And if that group does not allow you to visit and study and ask questions. They get offended when you ask questions or they call the people that leave devils and they were just hundred percent wrong. Telltale sign. You may be in a cult. Let's look at a few more. Uh, let's see here. It says absolute authority, authority, authoritarianism without meaningful accountability. So that, that was the charismatic leader we talked about earlier. No tolerance for questions or critical injury and inquiry. 
Meaning I can't ask, why do you believe what you believe, sir, ma'am? And if they get offended that you ask them a question, more than likely you're in a cult. You don't have the space to agreeably disagree. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that checks about a lot of y'all right there. No meaningful financial disclosure regarding budget or expenses such as independently audited financial statement. If you don't know where your money is going, and if you ask and there's pushback, mm, you might be in a cold. Unreasonable fear about the outside world such as impending catastrophe, evil conspiracies, and persecutions. If they're telling you that you should not be a part of this world because one day it's falling. Babylon is falling. Babylon is falling. Well, guess what? We all under the system of Babylon. And we all going to be a part of it. If they're telling you to halt your life and go live in a compound somewhere, out in the middle of nowhere, odds are you're probably in a cult. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Former members often relate the same stories of abuse and reflect a similar pattern of grievance. So you've seen the videos uh why I've become, a, I'm a, uh, whatever, ex-Israelite. Why I'm no longer Israelite. And if the same camps and assemblies are mentioned, mm, and the same stories are told over and over and over again, odds are that's a cult. And if you're part of one of those, you need to get up out of there. Quick, fast, in a hurry. There's no legitimate reason to leave. Former followers are always wrong in leaving, negative or even seen as evil. And I've mentioned this before. Why you need to leave? Well, if you ain't growing, you need to leave. Yahshua, our master, says if it don't, if it don't, if it don't, this unequal growth needs to be cut off. So if you're vilified for leaving a group, or if you've seen people who everybody who every single person who leaves was wrong, and every single person who has left has been uh, put in front of front of a, a tribunal and and uh, acknowledged as evil, and you shouldn't no longer have contact with this brother, have contact with this sister, more than likely you're in a cult. Let's see here. There are records, books, news articles, or broadcast reports that document the abuses of group leaders. So if you see your assembly or your group in newsletters, articles on a consistent basis, don't just dismiss them. The, bro the brother Malcolm X was a smart brother. Very smart. He didn't just dismiss the negative comments and articles about his leader, Elijah Muhammad, he investigated it. And guess what he found out? They were true. So when he realized that he was a part of the cult, the nation of Islam, guess what he did? He left. And then when he left, he broadened his worldview. He realized that not only uh, 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 Africans are part of Islam, but there's some blonde-haired, blue-eyed people who are also a part of the religion of Islam he then started his own mosques to represent the diversity of thought and color and ethnicity that was and is Islam but he would have never been able to do that if he just dismissed the articles and the and the words from different people telling him that Elijah Muhammad was no good and that the group that he was a part of was no good. If he just dismissed it, he'd have still, number one, he probably would have been alive. See what I'm saying? So they vilified 
He's a very good example. The Nation of Islam is a very good example. They vilified Malcolm X for investigating what he stuff that he found out to be true, and then for leaving, they called him evil. And then they ultimately killed the brother for leaving the group. It's a cult. So if you listen to this, you're part of the Nation of Islam and you get out. Secondly, followers feel that they can never be good enough. You can never rise upon the ranks. You can never be, you know, part of the big, big boy table. You're always un- seen as unrighteous, but your leader is always righteous and right. Has that never occurred to you or been weird or strange to you? Next segue, the group leader is always right. Ain't nothing he can say that's ever wrong. He's never said anything wrong. Have you ever disagreed with your leader? Mm. The group leader is the exclusive means of knowing truth or receiving validation. No other process of discovery is really accepted or credible. Hmm. So if the only way that you can discover truth is through your leader, then my beloved, you're probably in a cult. You're probably in a cult. So the whole purpose really of this episode is I want to open your eyes. You may not be in a cult, but some of the place, the the group that you may be in may be exhibiting some of these behaviors. And you need to be very careful with the water that you tread, right? Because you will be judged in the end by the people that you're around, how you treat other people, how you interact with other people. And if you are being moved to act in hatefulness and uh, envy and in strife and not loving one another, the, the, John says, how can you say you love a God that you've never seen, but you hate your brother? If you have hate in your heart for your brother, you know what he says? You're a liar because you don't know God. And guess what? The truth is not in you. So, beloved, I want us to open our eyes and use some critical thinking. I have a bunch of messages on this podcast about just critical thinking. Use critical thinking. Don't be moved and persuaded like a child. You're grown. Open your eyes. Don't allow leaders or groups to move and persuade you from something that you know is not true. When you have an inkling in your soul and you're reading the Bible and you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I agree with this, this, this doctrine of this group. Or I may have a question and they dismiss it and you feel uneasy. Listen, listen to that uneasiness. And if there's pushback from you leaving or asking questions, if you can't follow the money, if there's perversion sexually, multiple wives all over the doggone place, you need to get up out of there. Because our ultimate goal is to get close to the most high. And you have to ask yourself, are the actions I'm taking, are they promoting this group that I I am? Or are they promoting the love of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Are the actions that I'm taking, are they allowing me to be a priest to the nations where the nations will want to be a part of this thing? Because Isaiah 56 said the nations will be a part of this thing. So am I drawing other nations away from this or am I bringing them into this? And lastly, believe what's right in front of your eyes. Everybody can't be lying. And your bishop and your captain telling the truth. 
So I just hope this bless you. I hope this opened your eyes. It's another one of those thought provoking, uh, you know, thought provoking uh, uh, episodes. And hey, listen, sometimes it's hard to admit that you just chose the wrong group, and you just got to get out of there. Spend some time with yourself in the Most High so that you can be so that you can listen to Him and what He's telling you to do and where He's telling you to go, and then you make a good logical decision based on scripture and based on what you see around you not based on emotions and not based on some charismatic leader that drug you in with all these different promises because unfortunately a lot of us are seeking strong leadership and when we find it unfortunately we're blinded to all the warning signs that this group just may not be and step with the Torah. But anywho, may God bless you. May God keep you. Um, I pray that uh, all of us uh, uh, seek truth, live it out, and inform others. Shalom, brothers and sisters.